This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News here with the WWE Raw Rapid Recap for Labor Day 2017 in the United States, September 4th, 2017. Here to recap WWE Monday Night Raw. If you'd like our in-depth report, if you'd like to read my thoughts, you can visit thesportscourier.com or click the link in the comment section and read our report and follow along. But we kick things off with John Cena defeating the not-so-legitimate son of Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan. This was the best Jason Jordan has looked since he got on Raw. He looked like a star here. Crowd reacted big. He got a new theme song or slightly tweaked theme song. This was legit. Got a few near falls on, on, on Cena. Had a couple nice Northern Lights suplexes. But John Cena ended up getting the win with the AA. He gave him props afterwards. And afterwards, Roman Reigns came out. And this is where things got weird again between these two opponents who will be facing off in a couple of weeks at No Mercy. So Roman Reigns wanted to talk to Cena, wanted to ask him a question. And then John Cena prepared to, well, rip him. Cena buried his promo skills. He called him fake, said he didn't respect him at all, and said that all these people think you're not the guy. When are you going to realize that? Do I have to beat some sense into you? So Roman Reigns, cool, calm, and collected, says, well, John... This is your chance to beat it out of me. Do it. So John refuses to do it, walks out of the ring, much to the chagrin. Of, well, actually, he didn't walk out of the ring yet. He stayed in the ring. He, he eventually walked out, but he did not engage physically with Roman Reigns. And then Roman looks around and says, yeah, you're all talk, John. You're fake, and that's why I don't respect you. This was short. This was sweet. These are the type of promos Roman Reigns needs to have. Not everybody has to cut a promo like John Cena or CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or whomever, okay? Bill Goldberg was a great promo this year, but at his peak, his true peak back in 97, 98, he said maybe like five words. Not everybody has to cut promos, but one guy that can cut promos right now that's doing very well is Braun Strowman. More on him in just a little bit, but if you miss Raw, Jason Jordan, John Cena definitely go out of your way to see that match. It is very, very good. We had Sheamus and Cesaro defeat former SmackDown Tag Team Champions Heath Slater and Rhino. This was solid, but a glorified squash. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, the Raw Tag Team Champions, are at ringside. It is confirmed that, no mercy, it'll be Rollins and Ambrose versus Sheamus and Cesaro. And, hey, they had a great match at SummerSlam. I'm looking forward to it at no mercy. We had The Miz beat Jeff Hardy to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Practically a clean win. The last spot came, or the last sequence came when Jeff was going for the Swanton Bomb. Miz was on his back, out and about, just down and out. Maurice, his wife and valet, shakes his hand on the, from the outside, shakes it, just says, hey, baby, you know, the Senton Bomb's coming. And Miz moved out of the way, hit the skull-crushing finale. Yeah, it was sort of heelish because she put her hands on the Miz from outside of the ring. But more or less, he got a strong, pretty much clean victory. And I think he definitely needed this. Well, I'd love to see Jeff Hardy uh, win back the IC title or get back in the world title picture. The bottom line is, the Miz right now needs to be protected. The dude is a commodity. The dude's about to pass the honky-tonk man for a... The longest time, or I think the third longest time with the IC title. You know, not not like for one reign, but total reigns. I mean, the dude is a awesome performer. He is great on the mic, and it's about damn time that creative 
in the ring does him some favors. And this was definitely a big favor for him tonight. So hopefully they'll continue to provide him some much needed credibility in the ring. We had highlights of Nia Jax turning on Alexa Bliss. And then we had Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks confirmed for No Mercy, which is very confusing because Nia Jax was spotlighted. But as I was writing out that thought on the sportsquarter.com, we cut to Nia Jax chastising general manager Kurt Angle for not putting her in the match. Emma came in, started talking about trending and Twitter and all this BS. And Kurt Angle said, you know what? I'm going to put you two in a match. You two will team with each other to take on Banks and Bliss. And if you two win, you're added to the No Mercy title match, making it a fatal four-way match. And we had that match. It was an okay match. It was, it was a raw match. It was just kind of there. But it was interesting to see uh, all these enemies working together or trying to work together. And in the end, Nia Jax destroyed Sasha Banks. Emma stole the pin. And afterwards, Nia Jax annihilated Emma and it will be a fatal four-way at No Mercy, which I find a lot more interesting than Banks versus Bliss, especially when uh, I think their first matchup underwhelmed. The Raw matchup I thought was really good, uh, but the creative is just perplexing. For for Banks just to lose it nine days later, they made her look like such, I don't want to say geek, but just a nothing threat. And she's pissed off backstage at Alexa, and I'm going to make you tap out. You just lost clean to the supposed bully, the heel. Why should I feel bad for you? And by the way, why does everybody get an automatic rematch? So stupid. That is so stupid. Can you imagine if every single person in the UFC got an automatic rematch? Can you, can you imagine? I'm trying to think of like a lopsided like loss like in, in a title match. All right. Can you imagine like Vitor Belfort back in the day when he got front kicked in the face by Anderson Silva and knocked out cold? Can you imagine Vitor Belfort after that getting an immediate rematch? Can you imagine... You know what? There, there's, there's a few times in UFC history and WWE history where a match is so great or so closely contested that you can book an immediate rematch. You know, Chael Sonnen, Anderson Silva, the first one, comes to mind. Um, there's a number of uh, examples in WWE, countless examples, but I'm sorry. When you just lose decisively, like, come on, man. A rematch? Really? Okay. Mm. We had Enzo Amore, Cedric Alexander, and Grand Matalik. Defeat Noam Dar, Tony Nese, and Drew Gulak. This was a rematch of the 205 Live main event. Enzo Mori cut a promo beforehand, putting over his tag team partners, sort of, and burying everybody in the ring. This was fine. I'll say this. Enzo is not a great wrestler at all. He's not even a good wrestler at all. But he does bring some much-needed star power and charisma to 205 Live. It's just not even fair. The dude just, he's a fountain of charisma. What can I say? Um, could maybe Cedric Alexander or some of these other guys cut some good promos if given the chance? Perhaps. I mean, Drew Gulak cut some good promos on 205 Live, but if they're never given the chance to do so on Raw, if they're never given the chance to do so on live events, eh, you know, at the end of the day, they're just guys that do flips to the mass audience. So it's nice to see Enzo giving 205 Live exposure and enhancing the brand in some way. At the same time, long term, how's he going to do if he does win the title from Neville? We'll see. I mean, he's hot right now as a cruiserweight, so if you want to give him the title, go ahead. Ride that wagon till the wheels fall off. And then after that, who knows? You can give it to Neville. Maybe you can give it to Jack Gallagher. Maybe, just maybe, you could call the bruiserweight from NXT, the UK champion Pete Dunne, and uh, be done with that, pun intended. We had Charlie Caruso interview Braun the Strowman. 
He says it's BS. Kurt Angle booked him in a cage match with the Big Show, but he is going to destroy Big Show, and he's not complaining about the fact that Brock Lesnar does not have to face the Big Show, although it kind of sounded like he was complaining. We had Rollins and Ambrose beat Gallows and Anderson in a non-title match. It was fine. Perfectly fine match. Gallows and Anderson should be utilized better, but I'm beating a dead horse that really died about a year ago. So, there's that. Uh, I'm going to completely skip over this useless dialogue Bray Wyatt provided backstage while Finn Balor was in the ring. That's exactly what I wrote, by the way, on the brand new sportsquare.com. So, check that out. I don't think you really see it because my light is shining on there. But the link's in the description. Check it out. But, uh, yeah, he just said some BS. Balor called Omaha, Nebraska, the Balor Club. Finn was perfectly fine on the mic. Bray Wyatt, his character is deader than dead. He's just, I, I don't know what to do with him. I almost wish that Paul Barrow, I mean, I, of course I wish Paul Barrow was alive. He's one of the all-time great managers and minds of the business, but I really do wish he was alive today because he could really save Bray Wyatt's career. They really need to find somebody, I don't know, I'm try, off the top of my head, I can't think of who. Hell, maybe even take Paul Ellering away from the, the AOP. They need like some outside force. It could be an active performer or manager. Just, they need to do a storyline where somebody just slaps the hell out of Bray Wyatt gets his head into gear, and says, you know what, you're not the eater of worlds, you're just a guy that's never won the big one, and really get him on track, because I feel like that's the worst part of his character. There's no motivation. He doesn't care if he's IC champion, he doesn't care if he's WWE champion, he doesn't care if he wins, he doesn't care if he loses, he doesn't care if he gets allegedly divorced, and it's in the Daily Mail. I mean, okay, maybe he cares about that, but that's another story for another day. Y'all kids can Google that. Ugh. Point is, there's no direction to his character, and it's going to be Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, and I quote the DeadyB.com website, man to man and no mercy. I don't even know what that means. The demon already beat him. What else do we want? What else do we need? Ugh. Man, this sucked. Um, earlier in the night, we did have an appearance by the Drifter, as uh, somebody reminded me. They, Rollins and Ambrose just kind of passed them as he was singing. They plug Connor's Cure to raise money for pediatric cancer research uh, all over the course of the show, which is a great cause. I just sincerely hope that the money is, well, the majority of the money, I should say, is going towards the research. A lot of times with some of these organizations, it goes to, I don't know, salaries, um, miscellaneous. So just um, hope, hopefully, hopefully, DDB's got their ish together when it comes to their own um, organization. I, I would think uh, that it's better than. The uh, Susan G. Komen Foundation, which is not uh, does not have the best reputation in terms of how it disperses funds, but whatever. That's also another rant um, for another day. But also, actually, speaking of rants, um, just be careful who you donate to for Hurricane Harvey. From what I understand, the organization, the link that he's providing is pretty legit. But um, I don't know. I'm a little weary when I donate to, to some of these big organizations. Because, again, sometimes money doesn't always get distributed properly or it takes a while to. So... If you're looking to donate to Houston, this is what I just personally did. I looked up some credible local organizations like uh, the Food Bank and all that stuff and the Animal Shelter, and I just donated directly there. So um, when in doubt, if you're not sure where to uh, disperse your money uh, for charitable causes, uh, go local. Of course, look up reviews, but go local. There's plenty of places where you can look up Charity Navigator, places like that. So just something uh, to keep in mind because I have seen some stories of some uh, scams lately with everything that's been going on and... Obviously, I think uh, any human being would be, or any reasonable human being would be pissed off by that stuff. So best wishes to everybody going through that ish in, in Hurricane Harvey and, and everything. It sucks. I got some friends in Texas. It's 
not a good situation. So uh, definitely wishing him the very best. It was great to see Booker T back on commentary. Houston, one of Houston's favorite sons, a potential mayoral candidate for Houston uh, in a couple of years. So that is good news. Hopefully the worst has passed and, uh, you know, they could put the money to good use, obviously. And we had the Steel Cage main event. Braun Strowman defeated the Big Show. This was a, a great match. Uh, much like their previous matches, it's evident that these two just have phenomenal chemistry. Some of the highlights were Big Show and Braun climbing the cage at the same time, which somehow did not break. Uh, both guys ended up crotching themselves, which is a hilarious visual, but also I'm shocked that the ring didn't break. Uh, they did show before the match that they were reinforcing the ring, so I guess they really did. There was a superplex by Braun. Um, there was a diving elbow by the Big Show. Finish came when Braun hit that superplex I just mentioned, and then hit the ring power slam for the win. Afterwards, he cut a promo saying that this is going to be Brock Lesnar's fate and no mercy, and he's going to call himself the new Universal Champion. And after that, he threw Big Show, or essentially got him in a running power slam position, and threw him into the steel cage wall. It broke. This was a very similar spot that Mark Henry did a few years back before he got his world title run. So yeah, he, he had him up in the, the running power slam, threw him against the cage wall, cage wall broke, Big Show landed with a thud. In reality, I don't even think that was that hard of a bump, but it just looked cool, and the crowd went nuts. And I thought to myself, yet again, as I said after SummerSlam, Braun Strowman, right now, needs to be the guy. He needs to be the champion, okay? If you're really building towards your future, if you really want a homegrown guy, if you really want all the guy that, that fits all the categories of, of Vince's magic checklist, you know, big, tall, muscles, tall, gruff, whatever. I don't even know what other freaking uh, categories uh, Vince has on his checklist. Says championship opportunity instead of title shot like an alien, which the announcers did all throughout the damn night. Ugh. Braun Strowman's your guy. No disrespect to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is one of the top guys. Roman Reigns is a great worker. But Roman Reigns, right now, can I think Edge said it best uh, on his recent podcast, and I think he didn't say it this exact way, but he said it something along the lines of, if Roman Reigns' mic work can catch up to his in-ring work, that guy's money. And I, I tend to agree. I, I tend to agree. And that's why I've said before that I think Roman Reigns should turn heel, go true heel, rather than the Shades of Grey character that Triple H is advocating publicly on ESPN and all these other media outlets. I think it's just it's stupid. Okay, Imagine if Triple H was Shades of Grey back in 2000. And granted, there were times throughout Triple H's heel runs where he did some baby stuff and it was Shades of Grey. But, but when WWE was at its hottest, you know what that dude was? He was a bad son-of-a-bitch heel that helped draw money with the top babyfaces. And you know what? Roman Reigns could draw money as a top heel. He could be a guy that ends up turning babyface, like I said before, much like Tetsuya Naito in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll say the example one more time at nauseum. Naito is a great wrestler. He was a great, great wrestler before he became a heel. But the fans just did not want to see him as one of the top stars. Did not want to see him grab that brass ring. For whatever reason, good looking guy, good physique, great in the ring, but it just did not work. The fans were saying, F this. He turns heel. He forms a stable called Los Ingobernables, which is, I guess for anybody that doesn't watch New Japan, the best way to describe it is like a cross between like the NWO and the Shield a little bit. And they became so bad, they became cool. And now they're the top merchandise sellers outside of the Bullet Club in New Japan. And Naito right now might be more popular than the current world champion, which is Kazushika Okada. 
And I think that could be the case for Roman Reigns if you turned him heel and say either aligned him with the Shield or aligned him with the Authors of Pain from NXT. But again, I feel like I'm beating a dead damn horse, not even to the ground anymore, like six feet to the ground. It's getting ridiculous at this point because I don't think they're going to turn him heel. I don't think they're going to... Uh, go have him go one way or the other. He's going to be shades of gray because they sort of did that with Cena. But the difference is John Cena had the positive uptick in numbers, ratings, merchandise, tickets, etc. to back him up to remain in that status quo. And get this, John Cena, the character, was not always great, was not always likable, did not always make sense. But you know what he made? Money. Roman Reigns, I'm sure, sells some merch. Roman Reigns does get a lot of views online. He does get a lot of social media traffic. He does get people talking. And while, again, it's, I've said this before, while it might be unfair to judge him in the light of the categories of the previous eras because we're in the network era and they're trying to make the brand mean more than the actual wrestlers, which I think is stupid. I mean, it's smart, but it's stupid in other ways because how do people cross over into the mainstream? But still, there has not been a huge, huge, huge or remotely noticeable uptick in interest, fan interest, over the years since he's been pushed as the guy. Is there interest? Yes. Are fans reacting to him one way or the other? Yes. And that's great. It's great to get heat. It's great to have the audience be loud and care about your matches one way or the other, even if they don't want to see you on TV. But at some point, don't you want to maximize the potential of that character? Don't you want to monetize the potential of that character? Joe Anoa'i, Roman Reigns, has so much more potential creatively right now. If, if he loses to John Cena or beats him in some heelish manner and they ride with him as this badass Samoan dude that does not care. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the Shades of Grey guy was just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, okay, I, I, put, I hit Braun Strowman with the ambulance, oh well, whatever. No, no, no. This guy needs to be the bad mofo that he can definitely play and portray on TV. But we'll see. We'll see. All I know is that when I saw Braun Strowman on the mic, when I saw him once again in the ring, when I saw him walk into the damn ring, when I saw him snort, when I saw him kick out, when I saw him do all this stuff, I looked at this guy and I said... This dude has been in the business for barely two years. Maybe two and a half. Maybe maybe three when de- around the time WWE started recruiting him. Okay? When he debuted in 2015, he had like 10 matches. This guy, this guy, in the last couple of years, has gotten ridiculously better on the mic. Gotten ridiculously better in the ring, he lost a ridiculous amount of weight and converted that weight to a ridiculous amount of muscle. He looks great. He wrestles well enough. He knows exactly what his strengths are. And to their credit, Daddy B does it too. They book him very wisely, which is weird because they have not done the same thing with Roman Reigns over the last few years. They have put him in positions that do not always emphasize his strengths. Which, you know, is another reason why I think it's totally un- not totally fair to, you know, chastise Roman Reigns and say, oh yeah, the guy that's playing the Roman Reigns character just, you know, is, is not the guy or whatever. He has the tools. 
he may be able to use him to be the true guy and really replace John Cena. He may. But we're talking about right now. We're not talking about a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, yesterday. We're talking about right now. And right now, I think Braun Strowman is absolute money. I think Braun Strowman should go to No Mercy, kick Brock Lesnar's ass, pin him, one, two, three, and win the Universal Championship. I think Braun Strowman should maybe hold the Universal title for a while. I think Braun Strowman should be the guy. I do. And I think what they should have done at Great Balls of Fire, what a terrible name for a pay-per-view, I think what they should have done is double-turn these two. I'm talking Reigns and Strowman. And you could still technically do it, double-turn these two. Have Strowman become the babyface. Have Roman Reigns become the heel. Embrace the booze. Embrace the hate. And eventually, everything else will write itself. Okay? We'll find out where everything goes. WWE will try to manipulate the audience as it does with, with whatever scenario that they find ideal for, for the time being. And we'll see at the end who sinks and who swims. But right now, right now, if you snapped your fingers as Vince McMahon and decided to run with Braun Strowman as a dominant world champion or a top babyface, at the very least, that's always in the mix, I think you got yourself some money. But that's just my opinion. All right, before I go... Let's take some quick comments and questions here. Jeremy Bowers, speaking on the May Young Classic, says WWE needs to sign Jazzy, uh, Piper, Tony Storm, and Mia Yim. And that would also include Rachel, Tessa Blanchard, and Candice, but I believe they'll all be signed eventually. Yeah, I hope so too, because they've all been very impressive. Jazzy definitely has a presence. She's significantly better than she was uh, a few years ago when she randomly appeared in TNA as Alpha Female. Uh, definitely improved, so I would like to see all of them signed. Shayna Baszler as well, although I think she might already be signed on the down low. Uh, I still see no reason for the Bray Wyatt and Bauer feud. Me too. Makes no sense. Uh, okay, what do you think about DDB 2K18? I think that the frame rate should stabilize and not get messed up after every update like DDB 2K17. That's what I think. Danelle Clemens, Cena buries young talent, Roman Reigns buries old talent. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that was a uh, clever, a clever witty comment. Um, who do you got in the Demetrius Johnson Ray Borg fight? You know, I really have no other reason other than maybe you know Demetrius Johnson steps on a rusty nail inside the octagon or something. I have no reason at all for to pick against Demetrius Johnson. I don't. He's one of the greatest of all time. If you're talking about clean fighters, fighters have never failed a drug test. Never have had a cloud of suspicion around them. And fighters that, um, how do I say this, have been through the USADA ringer. Okay, With all due respect to GSP, I love GSP. He may be the greatest fighter of all time based on the fact that he had a great career inside the octagon and he never failed a drug test. But he did retire before the USADA era. And thats I don't think that was deliberate at all. If you want my honest opinion, I don't think that was deliberate. I think the guy just, he had enough. You know, he suffered concussions. He was going through a lot of personal stuff. I mean, he, he was the way he was talking after he beat Johnny Hendricks last time he fought in 13, man, he he sounded like he was going through like some CTE or something or post-concussion syndrome. I don't know. It was scary stuff, which is why I'm kind of worried about him fighting again against Michael Bisbing this, uh, this wintertime. But 
it, it, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, long story short, I think Demetrius Johnson's going to beat Ray Borg. I hope it's a good fight, but I think he's going to beat Ray Borg. And I think Demetrius Johnson, realistically, as a guy that has gone through stringent USADA testing, who has fought at the highest level in both weight classes, even though some of his opponents have not been at the caliber of a John Jones or a GSP or not the name value of those, this guy's opponents, at the end of the day, this guy's never been linked to anything illegal Always done what he's told, done what he's asked. He's just been a great fighter. Not a great draw at all. Okay, a few high Fox ratings, but other than that, not a great draw at all. But in my humble opinion, he, he definitely belongs in the conversation for greatest fighter of all time. As a guy that is not linked to any shadiness. And hopefully I don't jinx him by talking about all that stuff right there. Okay, we'll take one last question here. Fred, are you doing a live chat for No Mercy? Uh, I plan on doing a live recap. I may be doing a live chat, meaning I may be actually going live for the full three to four hours that No Mercy is on the air, which in that case uh, means it's going to be a hell of a long night for me. I'll let you guys know. I probably will do that, but my next live chat, I believe if I have the date correctly in terms of during an actual event, will be September 16th, not this Saturday, the following Saturday, during the Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez fight. So during that actual pay-per-view and afterwards, I will be live. And this Saturday for UFC 215, I will be live after the main event for an in-depth recap. So please stay tuned for that. But folks, I'm going to get on out of here. This is the Raw Recap. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please click that like button. Please share this with all your friends. Please click that subscribe button for more updates, especially with the NFL season right around the corner. Speaking of NFL, if you like football, if you like video games, please check out my Madden review, youtube.com slash TSC Gaming, or you can check out all our content on our official website, our brand new website, thesportscourier.com. If you'd like to support me and buy some of my merch, right over here, as you see on the screen, which goes towards our operating costs, please visit teespring.com slash TSC dash news dash gear. It's right on the screen right here. It's in the description as well. I'll link it on the website. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for the support. As always, enjoy the matches. Unless, of course, you're the big show. Oof.